I'm uh, Damon Talkington, and uh, <laughs> glad glad to be back. Glad to be back. So. <laughs> We're uh, in, a, in a series, Agents of the Shield, and we've been looking at the book of Daniel, and we've been focusing on his life. And Daniel, when you read the book, his faithfulness stands out. You know, he would come to God in, in prayer, and then he would go into the world, and you see this uh, pattern of him influencing those all around him. I think it's what Jesus called being salt and light. You know, Daniel, he's an agent of the shield. And Christians, we are God's agents in, in this world. We're, we're agents of God's shield. And much like Daniel, we are to be faithful. And I don't know if you've realized it or not, but we live in a hostile world. You know, life can be very, very difficult and trying, and our faith is constantly being challenged. And we need God to navigate this. As Christians, we're called in Scripture to pray without ceasing. We're to live lives that honor God and influence others for the kingdom of God. And as Christians, we're to be faithful. And I wonder, you know, what does it mean to be faithful? And here's the deal. We are all going to die someday. Every one of us We'll take our last breath in this life, and the next moment, we will wake up in eternity. And at some point, we will find ourselves before God. And as Christians, I believe we want to hear God say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, here's what I want to ask you today. If at the end of your life, God says that you've been faithful. What would that look like? I've been faithful. It's kind of tough to get your mind around that, isn't it? It's a bit ambiguous at points. And faithfulness is what I want to focus on today. And I believe that you cannot achieve something that you can't define. If I'm going to be faithful, I've got to know what faithfulness means, and I've got to know what it looks like, all right? Today's scripture, it's found in Daniel 6. I'd encourage you to read that chapter this week. This is between 600 and 500 B.C. It's about 530 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. Daniel is a real person. We know that from history. Daniel's tomb, it's found in Iran. People from a lot of different religions visit that tomb on a regular basis. At this time in the story, Daniel's about 80 years old. Daniel is a politician. He is a person of great influence. Babylon has been overthrown and divided, uh, just as Daniel predicted. David talked about that last week. But it is being ruled by the Medo-Persian Empire, which is Iraq today. Darius has come to power as a king. And the first thing that Darius does is he reorganizes the kingdom. Scripture says it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. Now, 
you need to know, we don't use that word satraps today, but I want you to think leader like a mayor, you know, that's a ruling and representing a very large city. So it says, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to the rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. All right, so Daniel is one of the top three level advisors in this new established kingdom. It says the satraps were made accountable to them so the king might not suffer loss. So we've got this new political structure. It's in place. We've got 120 people that are supervising the kingdom. We've got three governors that are over them. Why do we have this new structure? Well, so the king might not suffer loss. In other words, uh, Darius recognizes and reorganizes, not for the benefit of the people, not to guarantee justice, not to even make sure that things ran well, not to eradicate uh, corruption, but he did this, he appointed these leaders for his benefit, to protect his assets, to protect his power, Daniel is one of the top three, all right? Now it says, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. If you read the entire book of Daniel, you see the word exceptional. It is used over and over and over to define who Daniel was. Daniel was an exceptional person. He was an exceptional leader. He was exceptional in his faith. In fact, he distinguished himself. He stood out among everyone. It says that this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charge against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could not find corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So we got 120 satraps. They're being overseen by three administrators. Daniel's one of those administrators. Daniel is so good at what he does that he's going to be elevated to a brand new position, and he's going to be over everybody. And it's because of this that the other leaders become very jealous of Daniel. In fact, they decide that Daniel must go. Daniel must be destroyed, and they're going to find fault with him. And this isn't easy. Why? Because Daniel is an exceptional person. He has exceptional character. He stands out. He's exceptional in his faith. Daniel does what he has always done in his life, and he goes before God, and he prays, and so these satraps and these administrators, they start conspiring. They want to get rid of Daniel. And they're going to use his faith to get rid of him. So they go to the king. And I want you to picture this because they go to the king and they go, King, we, we got this wonderful idea. You are a great man, amazing man. We want to honor you. And, and here's what we're thinking. For the next month, the only prayer that can be lifted is a prayer directed to you. In fact, anybody caught praying to, let's say, another god or another person or another idol, we'll throw them in a lion's den. 
we just want to honor you, oh, great king, mighty king that you are. Now, think about that. God for the month. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, if you are God, you are always God, but they play to the king's vanity. And then Scripture says, verse 8 and 9, says, Your majesty, issue the decree, put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King... Darius put the decree in writing. The king, no questions. The king signs the document. Vanity pushes him that way. It's a very clever maneuver getting the king to sign it. See, what they were doing, they were tying the king's hands. They were creating a law that the king couldn't repeal. This new government kind of has some checks and balances in it. The decree, because he signed it, it's now law. The king could not change the law just because he wanted to. There's a process that would have been in place. It would have taken a lot of time. Very, very difficult. Trap's been set here, okay? That's the situation. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published... He went home to his upstairs room where the window was open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had what? Done before. Daniel, he's aware of this new decree. He goes upstairs and he prays just like he had always prayed. And when I read this verse... There are really two questions kind of jump at me. Why did Daniel pray with the window open? Well, this was a very common practice among the Jewish people. They would pray facing Jerusalem. They wanted to see Jerusalem, so, so to speak. So you can imagine that all the Jews that were living in Babylon at the time, they hear about the new law. And they hear that if they pray, they're going to be thrown into a lion's den if they disobey this law. And so I imagine a lot of shutters closing in the city. I am sure that some people decided that they would not pray that month. Some probably made a decision that they would pray, but they would do it in a closet. And they would do it in secret. Daniel... Daniel knows that the attention's on him. Daniel knows that he is a person of influence. And Daniel is going to be faithful. Daniel's going to do what he has always done. And he's going to be obedient to God. And so Daniel Daniel continues to, to pray. The second question that it raises for me is, aren't we supposed to obey the laws of the land? You know, Paul says in Romans 13 that we're to be obedient to the laws of the land. And that is true. As Christians, we are to obey the law with excellence. The only exception is if it conflicts with God's ways or if it would cause us to sin. I think 
then most of us here today would get up in arms if the government said we can't pray. You'd go, what? We can't pray? How dare you say I can't pray? I mean, we can pray and we don't. But the irony is if somebody says you can't pray, you go, you tell me I can't pray? I'm praying. But you can, so you don't. I think Daniel, I think Daniel realizes that if he doesn't pray to his God, he's going to join in the idolatry that is prevailing in the land. And so Daniel prays. Daniel prays, then Daniel goes into the world. He lives his faith out, salt and light. Daniel, he's under fire. Radar's on him. Crosshairs are on him. And these guys cannot find a fault in him. Now, I want you to think about this. He's been in politics 60 years, and they can't find anything? They're pulling his files. Nothing. I mean, there wasn't anything like, well, I smoked marijuana, but I didn't inhale. Um, there's nothing stellar Daniel stood out he stood out in his character he stood out in his diligence he stood out in how he lived his life friends faithful people stand out faithful people stand out in this world you know you see it oh that one's faithful That one's faithful. They're really faithful. Joseph was faithful. Abraham was faithful. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, faithful. Daniel was faithful because of his relationship with God. Daniel stands out. People see it. They're paying attention to it. You know, the apostle Paul writes in Titus, the second chapter, verse 10, He's writing in reference to to Christians being subjects to to authorities. And he's talking about managers and bosses and people that, that have that authority over us. And he says, instead, he's talking about Christians here. They should show that they are completely reliable in everything so that they might take, they might make the teaching of God, our Savior, attractive in every way. Daniel, he prayed faithfully. He acted faithfully. He's this great example. And I was thinking about how prayer is really an act of faith. And as we, we talk to, to God, what happens? Our faith grows, right? Prayer and faith, you got this kind of secular kind of uh, keeps coming around and around. You, you have faith. Why? So you pray. And as you pray, you have more faith. And because of faith, you pray and you get stronger and stronger and stronger. Faithful people pray. People that pray are faithful. Do you see, see how that goes? They connect to one another. They build on one another. Daniel, Daniel focuses on God. He focuses on God's purpose. He's living it out in, in the world. He's influencing people for the kingdom of God. And he's just got this amazing impact. 
Have you ever been like at, at the grocery store, maybe a restaurant or something, and you've seen a nun there? What makes them stand out if you don't know them, that they're a nun? Yeah, what they wear. You know, their clothes, their clothing's called a habit. Their habit makes them stand out. Daniel stands out, not because of his clothing, but it was his habit that people noticed. It was his practices. It was his discipline. It was his relationship with God that caused him to stand out. He stood out because he was obedient to God and people were paying attention. You know, Daniel knows absolutely where this is all heading for him. But Daniel does what he's always done. In fact, I think Daniel didn't know what else to do. He just says, you know what, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, and I'll let you worry about the rest of this. Christians, our habits must stand out. Our habits, I mean, they may make no sense to people in this world, but our habits must stand out. Daniel's habit was to pray. And so Daniel prays, and, and Scripture says that he prayed a couple things, if you read the, the entire story. You know, first he prays a prayer of thanksgiving. And when I read that, I think, what? I mean, what was he thanking God for? He knows where this is going. Daniel, Daniel's like, hey, thanks, God. I get a good thrown in the lion's den. It's going to be kind of cool. I mean, seriously. And then I thought, what does Thanksgiving look like when you're in that situation? Well, I think his prayer was, God, I am so thankful that I can trust you. And then it says he prayed a second thing. He prays for help. Now, here's the irony to me. Daniel prays, and he asks for help. But Daniel, if he hadn't prayed, he wouldn't need any help. I mean, all Daniel had to do was nothing. All he had to do was not pray, and he would have been fine. But instead, Daniel prays. I mean, he takes this, this step, and instead of doing nothing, he prays. Daniel's obedient. Daniel's faithful to God. He trusts God with the outcome. I don't think, as I read it, this is my opinion, I don't think this is a, like a strategic decision on Daniel's part. It was just, it was Daniel's habit. It's who he was. I think Daniel loved his relationship with God so much that he just, he said, I'm going to pray. Now, here's what I want to ask you. What law would need to be passed to persecute you for your faith? Don't read your Bible. Don't pray. I mean, what law would have to be passed? I do not know what any of you did yesterday. But I want you to think about yesterday. And, and let's just say that it is now illegal to be a Christian. Was there anything you did yesterday 
that would expose you as being a Christian? I mean, if someone was watching you, would they have been able to find any evidence to convict you of being a Christian? Oh, saw them praying. I saw them reading their Bible. I saw them living Christian values. I saw them sharing their faith. Was there anything yesterday that would have said, I'm a Christian? Friends, we are to stand out, not be absorbed by this world. We are to stand out. Our lives are to shine in this world. You know, the Apostle Paul, he writes, he says, so that you may become blameless and pure. He's talking to Christians, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Shine. Daniel, he shines. It's how he lived. Have you ever seen, you don't see them that much anymore, but you ever seen when they've got the spotlights going in the middle of the night, you know, they've got something going on and they're moving through the sky. And when, when I see those off at a distance, immediately I'm like, what's going on? What's going on over there? I need to be over there. Something's going on. You know, I mean, it, it gets my attention. It stands out. It makes me curious. True? Are you like that? I mean, when you see those, you're like, what's going on there? I think Darius is curious. I think he's curious about Daniel's faith. I think he's curious about Daniel's God. I mean, Darius has been watching Daniel for some time. Daniel has his attention. He's on his radar. You know, Darius would see something positive in the kingdom. He'd go, oh, Daniel's there. Darius would see excellence somewhere. Oh, it's Daniel again. Some stellar government program. Oh, Daniel again. Daniel stood out because of this exceptional quality in his life, because of his faith. Christians, we are to stand out everywhere we are with excellence. So Daniel, he's praying. Evidence is being gathered. They get the zoom lens out. They're recording him. They're gathering witnesses. They're building a case against Daniel. They take the evidence to the king. Now, it's real coy in the story because they do not tell the king who they're talking about initially. They just go to him. They go, oh, mighty king. You, you, you. You're not going to believe this. Oh, it breaks our heart. This is terrible, terrible. We saw somebody praying to another. They're breaking the law. I mean, what are we going to do, king? Oh, wait a minute. You signed a law, and they're to be thrown in the lion's den. King says, who is it? Daniel. The king, Scripture says he tried to figure a way out. Scripture says he was distressed. This is troubling to him. 
you get the sense he absolutely did not want to do this. But the king, his own law that he had signed, he's probably reviewing that in his head. He realizes it's tied his hands. He He can't undo this. Scripture says, so the king gave the order. And they brought Daniel and they threw him in the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, faithfully, regularly, I've noticed it, I've been paying attention to it, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Scripture goes on and it says that they placed him in the den with the lions. They rolled a rock over the entrance. They put the king's seal an insignia on it, sealed it. We'd see that later in history, wouldn't we? And the king fasted that night. And I, I am just um, fascinated at this point with the king. I mean, this is significant. The king, remember, he's not a believer, but he fasts that night. He couldn't sleep that night. Why? Because he's thinking about Daniel. And the king at sunrise races. says he ran to the lion's den. Kings do not run, friends. It's undignified. They're never in a hurry. This king runs to the den. says, when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually, there we go again, faithfully, been able to rescue you from the lions. The king races. Why is he racing? He he wants to see if Daniel's God is faithful. This king is full of anticipation, full of hope. This is a king that has been influenced for God and for God's kingdom. And Daniel answers, May the king live forever. My God sent his angels and he shut the mouth of lions that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. That is a beautiful passage. Now, here's the deal. I believe most of us here would do anything and everything to avoid the lion's den. I mean, if I were Daniel, I might have gone to Darius and said, you know, king, I've taken care of stuff for you. You kind of owe me here. Can we figure something out? Hey, that guy kind of looks like me over there. Throw him in. I'll get an extreme makeover. (laughs) It'll just be our little secret. Friends, we'd be scheming. We'd be trying to figure out how we could avoid the lion's den. Daniel just trusts God. Daniel stands firm 
See, I believe faithful people stand firm. Christians, if you stand out, you better stand firm. You know why? Because people will come after you. They will come against you. Daniel, Daniel, he's not just faithful. He's not just faithful for a moment. He's not just faithful when they they take him to the lion's den. Daniel has been faithful his whole life, which I believe made it easier for him to face the lion's den because he realized how faithful God was. I mean, Daniel's been faithful over 80 years. This is business as usual. Daniel says, you know what? I'm faithful, and I'm going to stand firm, even in this adversity. The people I work with, they don't like me. Oh, yeah, I know. They're gathering evidence against me. Plotting, planning. But he stood firm. Some of you today, people are talking about you. And it bothers you. And it gets to you. Daniel, Daniel just goes, you know what, God? I trust you. I will leave it in your hands. I'll leave it in your hands who likes me and who doesn't like me. It's okay. I trust you. You see that shift? Apostle Paul says it this way. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. The pivot point there. Who are you trying to please? Daniel, he stands firm. He Stands firm in the adversity. Stands firm in the persecution. He stands firm in the uncertainty. And I, I have figured out you, you have one of two choices to make when life gets uncertain. Faith or fear. In times of uncertainty, you, you can freeze in fear. Do nothing. You can panic, freak out. You can retreat from the lion's den. I'm not going. Not happening. Or you can look at it and go, you know what? God, I, I have no idea what you're about to do. But I trust you. And I will take a step of faith. Stand firm. Trust God. My mentor, uh, he used to say 99% is a beating 100%'s a breeze, 99%'s a beating, 100%'s a breeze, and you go, well, what's that mean? Well, if you do something half-hearted, it's always difficult. For instance, if I decide I'm going to cut back on junk food, every time I see junk food, Doritos, Twinkies, whatever, it's a tough decision. You know, what am I going to do to eat? Or not to eat. You know, I got to figure it out. It's a decision. Am I going to have this today? It's something I have to decide every time. But if I decide no more junk food, period, 
that's actually much easier. Because the decision has been made long before I face the decision. Daniel says, I'm going to be faithful. And Daniel does not have to decide. Will I be faithful in adversity? Will I be faithful in persecution? Will I be faithful in the lion's den? Daniel decided early in his life, I will always be faithful. Friends, I believe sometimes in life, you just have to say, God, I do not know what you're up to. But I trust you. And I'm going to be faithful. Daniel's in the lion's den. God sends his angels. Sends the angel. His angel. Many believe that was Jesus. And he shuts the mouth of the lions. I mean, what, what if Daniel had backed down with the prayer thing? What if he hadn't prayed? He decided, eh, skip it for the month. Not a big deal. What if he had decided to avoid the lion's den? Well, one thing, I think the satraps and the administrators, those that were plotting against him, they would go, aha, I get it. His faith's only important when it's convenient, when it's safe, when there's no cost. And we'd have a very different story. In fact, I wouldn't even be talking about it today. But Daniel's faithful. What's it mean to be faithful? Friends, faithfulness is choosing daily to follow God regardless of your circumstances. On good days, we will follow. On those moments when we get promoted, we will follow God. On bad days, we will follow God. In the lion's den, we will follow God. Regardless of my circumstance and my situation, my theology doesn't change. I'm faithful. I will follow God, period. Daniel yells from the pit from this lion's den that he's in. May the king live forever. I'm alive. I'm okay. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. And the king hears Daniel. And scripture says the king is overjoyed. And the king immediately orders that Daniel be lifted out of the lion's den. And he looks Daniel over. There's not a wound on him. Looks like he's had a good night's sleep. And the king commands that all the men that had plotted against Daniel, all the satraps, all the administrators, and their family are all to be brought and thrown into the pit with the lions. Scripture says they're all crushed and killed before they hit the ground. And I know that's, a, that's just harsh. It's just harsh. It's a little tough to even read. But the king, that's how he responded. Then the king writes a letter he writes it to all the leaders in the known world. And he sends it to them. And here's the letter, what was in it. 
He says, I issued a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the powers of the lions. God was up to something, wasn't he? I mean, it's this amazing turn of events, and God is glorified. You know, Daniel is faithful, and the king is amazed at Daniel's faithfulness. See, faithful people, I believe, cause other people to stand in amazement at how faithful God is. Now, some of you have been through stuff. Some of you are going through stuff. And people come up to you and they go, how did you get through that? Christians, when you are faithful, you stand out and people notice and God will be glorified and God will use your situation. God will bring glory to his name. That's what God's good at. You know, God will use Christians that are faithful. People that are about giving God glory. Not about their own glory. They're giving God glory. See, I think some of you will never see that. You'll never really see God work. Why? Because you will find a way to get out of the den. And you notice God, God doesn't save Daniel from the den. He saves him in the den. It's how God works sometimes. You know, because of Daniel's faithfulness. Think about this. Because of his faithfulness, a king's heart was changed. You know, Daniel's faithfulness, a nation was changed. In fact, we know that there were many in that nation that began to worship the one true God. See, that's what God was trying to accomplish. I mean, this is a story. It's not just about Daniel's faithfulness, but about God's faithfulness. It's about a God that can shut the mouths of lions. I love the last verse in, in this chapter. It says, Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and Cyrus the Persian. Friends, we're going to go through troubles. God's faithful. Because God's faithful I believe we can walk confidently and trust him. Now, I'm going to invite the, the band back. And friends, I want you to think about your trials, your obstacles, your challenges, whatever it is you're going through right now, whatever you've been through, whatever's coming down the pike, those things that are not fun, challenges, those struggles are your greatest opportunity to trust God and be faithful and to show the world God is faithful. You know, my prayer for this church, for you, for your family, is that we don't wait for the challenge to be faithful. Don't wait for the lion's den to be faithful. But we're faithful today.
We're faithful now. So that when the den comes, that challenge, it'll be a lot easier. See, you can trust God. God is faithful. Now, I want you to just remain seated. The song that um, we want to share as part of worship really wants you to think about God's faithfulness, your faithfulness, and just allow the song to minister to you. Uh, I'm going to come back after the, the song and have prayer, and then I've got an announcement to share, so uh, you don't, you don't want to take off today. So let's uh, allow God to minister to us right now.